Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Welcome to this week's edition of the Insane Things Podcast where we wrap up the week that was by counting down the most insane things that happened. And remember, these things are unprecedented. That's the parameters. Things we've never seen before. It is amazing. I can do this every week, but I do. Let's get started. Insane thing number three. In third world autocratic regimes, if you criticize the regime, you have to run for your life. In the lucky case, you survive it and make it to another country, you can't go back. If you're not lucky, they throw you in the gulag or you just disappear. That's what's beginning to happen in America. And we can see the clear outlines of it this week. They're so shocking. This would shock and appall the consciousness of the American people if they were allowed to know about it. But the next two insane things I'm going to lay out for you haven't been reported in the mainstream media. But that doesn't make them any less shocking. Basically, what's going on here is that whistleblowers are having to flee the country. Flee our deep state. The first whistleblower ever to do that was Edward Snowden. This week, Tara Reid joined him. It's insane thing number three. Remember who Tara Reid is? She's a hardcore Democrat. She voted for Hillary and Obama. She's been a Democrat her whole life, which is how she ended up working for Joe Biden as a staffer. And she says how she ended up being raped by Joe Biden. She says the documents that would all but prove that correspondence back and forth are still locked in a warehouse controlled by Joe Biden. And of course, the mainstream media has shown little to no interest in ever securing those documents. So they remain. Whatever the case, and think how big a story this would be if this were a Trump staffer who claimed that Trump raped her. She has defected, you cannot make this up, to Russia for her safety, she says. It's the first time in years she's felt safe. Given that we're headed into another election cycle, she says, she feared day and night what they would do to her. I don't know who they is, but she says she can only safely tell her story from Russia, which was where she was this week while participating in a totally blacked out press conference, blacked out by the mainstream media anyway. She says, I still kind of feel in a daze a bit, but I feel good. I feel surrounded by protection and safety. And she says, I just really so appreciate everyone who's been giving me that at a time when it's been very difficult to know if I'm safe 
or not. If this was Trump, a Trump staffer, the media would be beating down the door to talk to her. She says she's going to continue laying out what happened to her at the hands of Joe Biden throughout this election, which she says, again, she can only safely do from Russia. If Tara Reid were the only person claiming our deep state, people associated with it, did stuff like this, you kind of shrug your shoulders, roll your eyes, and think the woman was a little weird. But given what's been going on around here the last few weeks, how the DOJ shut down the IRS team investigating Hunter Biden in retaliation for them turning whistleblower, for them telling us that the investigation had been buried, it seems kind of in the same wheelhouse. Remember, this has been known for a while. This was from 2017. Senator Chuck Schumer, and this is prophetic in hindsight. Senator Chuck Schumer warning, you shouldn't cross the intel agencies, the deep state, because, well, I'll let him explain. You take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. What do you think the intelligence community would do if they were I don't know, to- but I, from what I'm told... They are very upset with how he has treated them and talked about them. Which brings us to insane thing number two. Over the last couple of weeks, there have been, well, strange stories about whistleblowers, about the deep state's actions to cover up Joe Biden's crimes disappearing. The mainstream media has all but mocked the Republicans, even insinuating the whistleblowers weren't actually real. Until the New York Post just found one. And his story? is insane, but not too different from Tara Reid's. Like the more than a dozen whistleblowers who've come forward to Congress so far, his story's pretty similar. He went to the FBI, went to the DOJ with even more proof of Joe Biden's crimes. This was back in 2019. They listened, took notes, seemed curious, and then did absolutely nothing. But this guy is not just some guy or even one of the investigators with the IRS, FBI, or DOJ who've blown the whistle on the federal government's covering for the Bidens. No, no, this guy is a former colonel with the Israeli Defense Force. In the course of his work with a nonprofit associated with CEFC, that's a cutout of the Chinese military, he became aware of payments, in fact, had documentation of them, which he shared with the New York Post, payments from CEFC, which again is just a kind of fake company made by the Chinese military to pass money, mainly to the Bidens, um, but also to bribe politicians around the world. And those associated with it would later be convicted of doing just that. Anyway, um, this guy, through his association with CEFC, became aware of payments to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's brother, Jim. What were they for? Well, promoting China's Belt and Road Initiative all over the world. Yes, but also because, and folks, this is the first glimpse inside the FBI that makes things begin to make sense. Why it is that the FBI would go so far, even risking being found in contempt of Congress, ignoring Congress's subpoenas, even, to cover up the Biden's crimes. And the fact that the cover-up started long before Biden was even viable for president. Back in 2019, the guy wouldn't even catch fire until January of 2020. 
So why has the FBI expended so much energy covering up for the Bidens? It's a question we've dealt with many times here on the Battleground podcast. We're getting a glimpse from this guy, from this Israeli colonel, into the answer. Because it appears that some inside the FBI had partnered with the Bidens to commit their crimes. Now we get it. Are they his own? Some inside the FBI? By the Chinese is the Biden? Is it one big crime partnership? We'd have a better chance of knowing that if we could get Gal Luft under oath testifying before Congress, which is exactly what the Republicans intended to do. Nobody messed with Gal Luft much after he turned over his evidence. In fact, he was shocked that the FBI never contacted him back. That is, until they had him arrested a week before Republicans won control of Congress. Why? He was on their list of those they intended to subpoena and drag before Congress. You see the problem there for the FBI. Because what Gal Luff said is that in partnership with somebody inside the FBI, maybe several somebodies, um, they had warned Hunter and the FBI various Chinese individuals to run that the FBI was about to arrest them. So a week before the Republicans won control of Congress in 2022, they had him arrested in Cyprus, the DOJ, accusing him of being an arms dealer. Yeah, I don't know many arms dealers who seek out the FBI, the DOJ, go to the embassy and present all their evidence. Evidence, by the way, which was later confirmed by Republican Congress member James Comer, who used a subpoena to get bank records. So this guy is totally legit and a complete danger to both the FBI and the Bidens. Hunter, he said, had an FBI spy who worked for him that he called One Eye. So this is evidence of direct FBI involvement in the actual crimes that Hunter and his dad were committing. Here's where it gets weirder. On the indictment documents filed against him in Cyprus when they arrested him, were the names of the same people he met with to turn in his evidence of Hunter and Joe Biden and Jim Biden's crimes. In fact, as the deep state often does, they do this to Trump. The deep state accused him of exactly the crime that Hunter Biden was being investigated for. Failure to register as a foreign agent and arms trafficking violations. He says, by the way, he's never been an arms trafficker. He has a friend who is a legal, legitimate one who sent him an email asking him to price something with a company. He says he never followed up on the email, never answered the email, and certainly didn't price anything. And that's it. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Anyway, after his arrest by the Department of Injustice in the FBI in Cyprus, he was able to bond out and he ran. He's in hiding from our deep state. Much as Edward Snowden is and Tara Reid. Luff denies all the charges and says he's a victim of political persecution by the U.S. to protect Joe Biden, his son Hunter, and his brother Jim. 
This is what he told the New York Post. The chances of me getting a fair trial in Washington are virtually zero, he said, on a call from an undisclosed foreign country, explaining why he skipped bail. He said I had to do what I had to do. He said the DOJ is trying to bury me to protect Joe, Jim, and Hunter Biden. He said I don't want to get caught up in this game, but when they arrested me, I had no choice but to blow it up. He said when it was clear the Republicans were going to win the House, the Senate, all of a sudden comes Representative James Comer and Representative Jim Jordan, and the game is changing. There will be questions and subpoenas and investigations. So the Biden administration, i.e. the FBI and DOJ, have to discredit me. I never thought of coming forward. Through 2020, I sat quiet like a fish. In fact, it wouldn't be until before the election when Comer and Jordan began to pursue him in his testimony that the FBI suddenly got interested in him again. You know, after ignoring him all those years when he had the evidence of Joe Biden's crimes. The chances of me getting a fair trial in Washington, he said, to the New York Post are virtually zero. Yeah, and I would add there'd be another problem too. If they could keep this guy in custody, they can keep him from testifying before Congress. And something that directly implicates, well, the DOJ and the FBI themselves in Hunter and Joe's crime. Finally, insane thing number three. This will go down in history. Well, if anybody wrote history, honestly, as the week that led not by the Democrats, but by the Republicans, that America voted to go broke, to run the printing press till it melted down. Steam came flying out of it, then it exploded. If you wanted a list of who's a member of the Uniparty, there's no better list than the list of those who voted for this. It's an absolute horror show. And I can't even blame the Democrats because we were winning. A week ago, 60% of Americans in a CNN poll of all places agreed with us on the debt ceiling. We had a pretty good bill we got through Congress. Then somehow Kevin McCarthy, the alleged leader of the Republicans, our speaker and horror show, went to the White House and threw everything out. To understand where we are here, you have to understand Joe Biden actually had the more reasonable position on the debt ceiling. You didn't just misunderstand that. He wanted a clean debt ceiling increase. Just $2 trillion more in printed and borrowed money. It's not even real money anymore. It's just debt and printing. He wanted what they'd always gotten, a clean increase. In other words, Congress votes to raise it and nobody asks anything of the Democrats. Kevin McCarthy went to work pretending to negotiate even getting Republicans to pass a pretty reasonable deal. Didn't everything I wanted, but it was reasonable. Then he went to the White House, stabbed the whole Republican Party in the back, and did something that's mind-boggling. Again, keep this in mind. Joe only wanted a $2 trillion debt limit increase. He didn't dare ask for unlimited printing with no debt ceiling. He wouldn't in his wildest dreams have thought he could get it. And that's what Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans gave him. They eliminated the debt ceiling through 2025. Eliminated. The Congressional Budget Office estimate, and it's only an estimate, is that instead of printing two trillion more like Joe wanted, we'll print at least four. 
As horrified Representative Nancy Mace pointed out, and she's a moderate and she's horrified, which gives you some idea of what we're dealing with here. This deal normalizes the record high spending that started during the pandemic, spending that is 40 percent higher than average. To give you an idea of how high we're talking, remember, we were paying people with printed money to stay home and not work, replacing their salaries. This keeps that level of spending in place. Remember, we were cutting checks to businesses with printed money whose employees were staying home to keep them afloat. This normalizes that spending. Folks, I can't even imagine in my wildest dreams what we will even spend this funny money on. Then they said, but don't worry. This is the flim flam here. This is the bait and switch. Don't worry, though. We're going to cut $1.5 trillion over a decade. And they're right. That's the largest cut ever. But it's after you raise the spending and keep the spending at pandemic levels. See how this works? Even more horrifying, the caps on spending aren't binding. All you have to do is vote uh, for the next spending spree and they're undone. It's just smoke and mirrors. So, folks, bottom line, I guarantee right now the Russians and the Chinese who want to crush our currency, who've watched us do what amounts to financial suicide, are running all over the world right now, putting out to everyone, oh, my gosh, they don't even limit spending anymore. How can you keep your money, your reserves in dollars? How can you do it? At least before with Joe Biden's debt limit, you knew all they could print was $2 trillion, so you could calculate how much your dollars would be debased in value and how high inflation would go. Foreign governments, foreign corporations, they can't even do that anymore. They don't know what we'll do. Folks, we look insane to the rest of the world. We might be sheltered from that here by our media, but that doesn't change that fact at all. This is the single most horrific, the absolute worst thing we could do going into that BRICS meeting that's scheduled for August when Saudi Arabia has been begging to join. Saudi Arabia sells its oil right now, and so does OPEC for the most part because Saudi Arabia is the de facto leader of OPEC for dollars. That'll all change if Saudi Arabia is inducted. And this is saying to anybody who still, for some crazy reason, wanted to trade in dollars, why would you? What a dumb idea. We're debasing our currency. Folks, let me ask you a simple question. You saw the inflation we got from the COVID pandemic spending, right? Well, if we keep to COVID spending, won't we have the same inflation? Uh Uh-huh. And the same interest rates to keep it barely under control? Uh Uh-huh. So what did this horrific bill do? It sentenced Americans to never being able to afford a new home again, if you're middle class or below. It sentenced Americans for years to struggle to afford food. It's making housing all but unaffordable. You're going to start to see families living together. And folks, all of this stuff in small spaces, all of this stuff will start to snowball. And it's not going to go fast, but it will go in the coming years. We cannot keep this up. It's astonishing that we think we can, especially at a time when our currency is being challenged like no other. And when countries are looking at What China has gotten all over the world, which is the ability to use its own money in trade, not ours, watching China go outside the SWIFT system, 
And everybody's now starting to say, hey, I want to do that too. And in a week where the EU is like, you know, we don't want to use dollars as much anymore, especially for our energy trade. We think we'll use our own currency. Folks, that's all that props our dollars up. If we print like this and continue to debase the currency at a fast rate, it's all going to collapse. I mean, you look at this and all you can think of is they must be deliberately trying to destroy the dollar. You you couldn't do something this dumb otherwise. Oh, and for the privilege of lifting entirely the debt ceiling, the debt limit, when Joe only wanted a $2 trillion increase, we said, you know what? We'll do you a solid there, Joe. Uh, We'll give you 80% of the funding for your IRS army that we already know from past history is going to be turned right back on half the country who's conservative as a political persecution squad. The IRS army that's going to go right after the very Republican donors who support the douchebags in leadership who did this. It is absolute suicide, self-destruction at every level. And folks, that weaponized IRS is going to be used for political persecution. Mark my words. I did a podcast on it last week um, about how the FBI is now using the IRS to go after people like Matt Taibbi, who do, you know, Twitter files reporting that embarrasses the FBI and what? The, the the IRS shows up at his doorstep while he's testifying against the FBI before Congress. And we're going to fund that? Going to spend $70 billion in printed money for this IRS army? Are we out of our minds? Or is there really no opposition party left in Washington? Just one big panic aimed at the American people. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.